put our hands together, give honor where honor is due, Dr. Richard, parent chief. Thank you so much. I love you so much. Matthew chapter 15 is where I'm going to begin. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. It's a little paraphrase that I just have grown to love. Verse 21, Matthew 15, 21. Then Jesus left and went north into the non-Jewish region of Lebanon. He encountered there a Canaanite woman who shouted out to him, Lord, son of David, show mercy to me. My daughter is horribly afflicted by a demon that torments her. But Jesus never answered her. Have you ever been in a place where you felt like you weren't getting any answers to your prayers? Jesus never answered her. So his disciples said to him, why do you ignore this woman who's crying out to us? Jesus said, I've only been sent to the lost sheep of Israel. But she came and bowed down before him and said, Lord, help me. One translation says, she bowed down before him in worship. Jesus responded, still, it's not right for a man to take bread from his children and throw it to the dogs. And still she didn't back down. She said, you're right, Lord. She replied, but even puppies get to eat the crumbs that fall from the prince's table. Then Jesus answered her, dear woman, your faith is strong. What you desire will be done for you. And at that very moment... Her daughter was instantly set free from demonic torment. I want to weave in there Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Lord, let this word come forth in power in Jesus' name. You know, congratulations on 25 years, but the problem is sometimes in these celebrations we so get reflective of history that we forget to talk about the present and the future, as has been said. And the only way to get from where you are to where God wants you to be is by dealing with mindsets and focus your heart on what God is doing now. Recently, uh, I was trying to surprise my wife. She was out for a bit. I decided to clean the kitchen now, my wife always accuses me of wanting a parade when I do something nice. <laughs> the truth is, I don't, need a, I don't need a parade, but I just, I want, I want it to be noticed because it's for a reason. And so, uh, I was cleaning the kitchen, and I just came over by the toaster, and I, had, and I and I've started wiping up these crumbs, and these crumbs, I, I wiped them off into my hand, and this whole message came to me. You know, today, I call the message Crumbs. Usually in this, I've preached this verse as a text many times over 35 years of ministry, but I've never seen it the way I saw it recently, and that is I've usually keyed on the fact that Jesus called this woman a dog, and she stayed there anyway. I've had people leave the church. I never called them a dog, <laughs> even if I felt like it. But this woman, there's something. This, she's, she doesn't have a covenant and I got this in my heart when she said, even the dogs to get to eat the crumbs that fall from the table. Here was a woman that even Jesus ignored. She's Lebanese. She was a Gentile. She had no covenant. She shouted at Jesus, got no answer. Till a couple of things happened. Number one, she came and bowed down and worshiped him. Even when she had no answer. Even when she felt like nothing was going on, like nothing was happening, Kind of like the last two years. 
She worshipped him anyway. And she bowed before the master without a covenant and recognized him. And then gave a simple request for help, not for herself, but for her daughter who needed deliverance. The Lord responded, I can't use the children's bread to feed the dogs. I want you to know today, freedom belongs to the children of God. Freedom, the deliverance that she sought, is yours and mine through Jesus. And he's saying, this woman wasn't qualified. She wasn't in the, in the group. She wasn't there connected to the covenant to be able to have that. So he, he said no. He, he ignored her. It's a legal right for you to have deliverance, to be free from demonic power. It's a legal right to be healed. It's a legal right to be protected from virus and plague. It's a legal right. But that woman's faith response blew Jesus away. In effect, she said, I don't need a big dramatic moment to experience a miracle. I just need one crumb of your word. Just give me a crumb. And Jesus was so moved and impressed with her faith, he stopped the meeting, brought the disciples around, and her daughter was healed. He, listen, in our modern spirit-filled world with popular churches that love the Lord and we dance and we shout, we want to have miracle experiences. Miracle experiences that are dramatic and big and, you know, well, if, if, I've had somebody tell me one time, well, if God wants me to be filled with the Holy Spirit, he knows where I live. Like... This guy was a, a, you know, he's an evangelical who believed in knowing Jesus as Savior. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Is that the way you believe that God works through salvation? If he wants to save you, he knows where you live? Well, no, no. I had to hear the word and respond to it. Ah, I said. That's the same way you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You have to hear the word and receive it by faith. But people get this idea, anything they don't like, in the Bible or don't understand in the Bible, they want to write it off and kind of say, well, if God wants to do it, he can do it sovereignly. But God doesn't violate someone's will. But to people who are hungry, I want to talk in the next few moments about a simple thought, our attitude toward the Word of God. Just our attitude toward the Word of God. There are crumbs of truth, promises with the power to change your life and others all around us, but only this desperate Lebanese mama had the kind of faith to see what was going on and take hold of it in the spirit like a dog with a bone. She was even deterred when Jesus said, you're not qualified, you're not fit, you're not part of the right group. Still she persisted because she esteemed the Word of God, the Word of Jesus so highly, she said in retort to God, she argued with him. She argued a legal case and said, I don't need a dramatic, I don't need a big word. I don't need a big prophecy. I don't need ten angels with banjos showing up with an aura of light. I just need a crumb because that's how powerful you are. And I think to go along with what Dr. Scott was saying earlier, 
a lot of times we, I think we get so familiar with, well, I read that, and I looked at that. Well, I've heard that before. I mean, there are some people that if you, if you say, well, today we're going to talk about Daniel and the lion's den, they go back to something they heard in Sunday school 20 years ago and flip, they, just, they just flip the switch and go to sleep. Oh, I've already heard that. But faith comes by hearing. Listen, man doesn't live by bread alone, but crumbs of what he's saying now. We don't even need the whole loaf. We don't even need the whole piece. This lady just said, give me a crumb of daily bread. And I'll get everything that I need for my daughter because that's how powerful you are. And I wonder how many of us really esteem the Word of God in that way. Or Roberts used to say that there are miracles constantly coming by you in the spirit realm, but you have to use your faith to grab them before they pass you by. What do you actually believe about the Bible? In your heart of hearts, this is, the, this is where we are. And I know this, this seems like a simple thing, but I want to I just pull us to a place where we're esteeming the Word of God, the living Word, what the Bible means and how important it is. In your heart of hearts, not theological mumbo-jumbo, but how do you incorporate the Word into your daily life to go beyond your feelings? Bible says you can read the Word, recognize who you are, and walk away and not be changed by it at all. But if you grab a hold of that Word and you work it in, you say, well, this is how I can apply this, it can bring a change to every other aspect of your life. Do you truly believe in your core that the Bible is the absolute final authority in our lives or is it just something God said? Is it an ancient word, ancient truths from the past? Or something God is still speaking and communicating from today? Because I want you to know everything you need is through the Word of God. Now, in the panel discussion, one of the questions was going to be, uh, I, I got this by the Word of Knowledge, by the way. Uh, no, <laughs> got it in advance. The questions were, we've been through all these different moves of God over the last 25 years. What's, what do you see happening? And I got, I got two thoughts about what I see the, 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 the church of Jesus coming through. And, and the two words, one is, the first is authenticity. I think we're coming to a place of authenticity. I think that COVID did not cause people to act a certain way. That COVID simply revealed what was already going on inside of all of us. If people were looking for an excuse to duck out, this was a good one. But there was always something working. It just exposed what was going on. So I believe we're getting to a place of genuine, authentic Christians. There's a separation point. And the second word is activation. To me, where we're headed is not going to be great for people who just want to sit and listen and watch. Because where we're headed, uh, our faith is not a spectator sport. Where we're headed, our faith is going to be activated in each and every one of us that we're going to all carry the gifts of the Holy Spirit beyond the walls of the church into everyday life in a supernaturally natural way, and you're going to be the healers through Jesus. 
You're going to be the deliverers. And you're going to bring the bread you have and spread the crumbs. God wants to do something great, but it's not just, it's not through preachers. It's not just, it's not, it's through the body of Christ. And the more you want to just enjoy and kind of sit and soak, you're going to miss out on the activation of what God wants to do through your ministry. And when I say your ministry, I mean your job may be your ministry. Your neighborhood has ministry for you. Everything God does is through the activation of His Word. Everything begins with the Word of God. How did God create? Let there be light. And there was light. He didn't think it. He didn't blink it. He didn't wiggle his nose at it. He didn't point his finger at it. He said it. Light be and light was and still is. Everything originates from the Word of God and our relationship with that Holy Word. The Word of God is alive. And the Bible says that every little thing means something. Jesus said not one jot or tittle, not one little mark in the Hebrew can be adjusted. I, I read a story recently about how important it is to, to deal with details and how important every word can be. A hundred years ago, a wealthy woman was traveling overseas, saw a bracelet she thought was irresistible. So she sent her husband back in these days, the only way you could get a message across the Atlantic was to send a telegram. So this woman sends her husband a telegram. She found express this bracelet. She said this, have found wonderful bracelet, price $75,000. May I buy it? Remember this 100 years ago. Her husband promptly wired back this response. No, comma, price too high. But the cable operator omitted the comma, so the woman received the message, no price too high. Elated, she purchased the bracelet. Needless to say, at her return, her husband was dismayed. It was one little comma, but what a difference it made. Every little mark, every word that proceeds, every crumb that comes from the mouth of God has life in it, has power in it, has strength in it, can change your world. Everything. The Word of God is alive. It's living, remember. Powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. One of the words in the Greek there is the word energies. It's a, it's a, the Word is living. It is, it is energized. It, it, it gives power. There's strength in the living Word, in the, in the written Word, and not just in the spoken Word. The Amplified said this way, For the Word, the Logos, that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. That's powerful. Even morsels of truth are enough to set you free. Just a little bit. But it's how you hold the truth. It's how you lean into the truth. See, it, there, there are moments where we all get tired. We all kind of check out. We hear words. We hear preaching, whatever. But the Bible says God has called for preaching of the word, which is foolishness to man, to be the power of God unto salvation. Preaching. It makes no sense to people who don't know the Lord. But morsels of the truth. If you really trust in the power of God's word, then you understand it's your responsibility to receive it. You have to receive it. You have to take it in. 
You have to, when you hear something that somebody's preaching that, that is a, a rhema or a, a living word, a now word for you, you have to take in and say, wait a minute, that's my word. That's God speaking to me now. That's God dealing with my heart. I can't tell you how many people sit in and listen to messages and, and, and they go, oh, I hope so-and-so's hearing that one. Oh, boy. I hope, I, boy, I hope my spouse hears that. Well, you give him a nudge. Did you, did you hear that? He's talking to you. But that's not how is it? It's when he's talking to you directly that you know it. We all need it. But the problem is, you get, I've been serving the Lord now 40, it'll be 42 years this year that, since I got saved. And I didn't get saved in a meeting like a, like a lot of people did. I didn't get saved at a church. I got saved next to my bed crying out for forgiveness from my young wife because I told her that after we got married, I would change and be a better man. And yet when the opportunity came, I messed up and went out and partied with my friend again two months after we were married. When I came home, I felt so guilty. I brought candy and I brought flowers, but I also brought my heart. And she was a Christian, and I was a pretend Christian. I, I mean, I, I, knew, I knew church. I knew religion. I knew Bible stories. I was raised in the church. I was raised in a traditional Presbyterian church, but I didn't know Jesus. And that night, I said to my wife in tears, I don't know how to change myself. I told her, at my bachelor party, it'd be my last time partying with my friends, and then I'll grow up, and I'll be a man. And that was the first moment that I said, you know, I guess I can't change myself. I don't know what that means. And then I just, for some reason, I just, instead of crying for mercy to her, I just said, God, if your message is real, if Jesus is real, then I need you to show me in my life in a way that I'll understand. And I'm sorry I've tried to do it myself. And that was the beginning of a life change for me. It didn't happen at an altar here, but it happened at an altar here. I think sometimes we're looking for the dramatic, but the personal can be more powerful than the dramatic at times if it's real, Right? But we just have to esteem that word. Listen, this woman, she set an example. You have to receive the Lord. Listen, I love Isaiah 55, verse 10. For as the rain comes down, the Bible says, and snow from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall, God said, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. My friends, if you want to understand why our country has experienced and our nation and our world has experienced such steep moral decline over the last few decades, I just recently read, right before I got this word, I, I had read an article. It was a 1987 poll, so 35 years ago. This is a poll of American pastors and would it probably be similar to what was happening here at the time. A 1987 poll of 10,000 USA pastors by sociologist Jeffrey Haddon clearly revealed the effects of a significant change of belief through the passage of time. They were asked them this, do you believe that the scriptures are the inspired and inerrant word of God 
in faith, history, and secular matters. In other words, that, that, it, that in secular parts of our lives, that the Word of God still has a, an authoritative word for us. 35 years ago, 95% of Anglican or Episcopalians said no. These are the pastors, not the members. 95% of Episcopalians or Anglicans said no. 87% of Methodists said no. John Wesley would be boon backflips in his grave. 82% of Presbyterians said no. 77% of American Lutherans said no. 67% of American Baptists who say they're the Bible-believing denomination said no. We wonder why we're going down the tubes at times in certain ways. The Bible says as the shepherds go, so goes the sheep. Jesus said, strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. We need clear Bible-based preaching and instruction. And that's, listen, this is one of the reasons I've come for your 25th anniversary. This place has lasted through economic global downturns. It has lasted through terrorism. This place has lasted through COVID-19 and 20 and 21. Because it was founded on the Word of God. And the absolute belief that we shared together as young men, we now share as, let's call it, yeah, middle-aged. Scott might want to go to heaven when he's 80 or 90. I'm playing on 120 myself. I'm 60 years old. I'm, I just made it. I'm middle-aged. That's halfway. Understand that in this world, in this life, that what we came into agreement on, and we've been fast friends, we've seen a lot of the same transitions and changes in our churches and in our own hearts over the last 22, 23 years. Together, things that we weren't talking about, that the next time we would meet, we would say, is this, is this the truth? We would say, well, I kind of tell you, I'm kind of changing about this and that. Oh, I am too. But the constant has been that the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a sword, and, and the Word of God is worth founding our lives on. That's the foundation of life, and that hasn't changed. Listen, through COVID, every other week, part of the pressure and stress that, that you've maybe been through in your business or in your jobs or all the lockdowns and all the things we've all been through, as pastors, we felt responsible for you. We felt responsible to lead you appropriately, to respond without reacting, to keep you safe and keep everything cleaner and do all the things we we're supposed to do. But at the same time, keep you free from the tyranny of control and wickedness that tries to control every aspect of our lives. And so part of that shepherd's love for the people has been a challenge. And I want to tell you, part of the word we kept having to say in our church was, pivot, pivot. Some of you might have seen the old TV show Friends where they're trying to get a couch up steps and Ross keeps yelling, pivot, pivot. Every two weeks we were having, well, we're going to have children's church again. Oh, no, we're not. Oh, we're going we're gonna to reopen this. Oh, we can't. Oh, we're at least going to have a couples conference. No, we had to cancel it. Pivot. But we could do that because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his word never changes. We had to, we had to adjust on the fly. Sometimes with a, an hour's notice, something would have to change. It was, this has been the hardest time of my life, and I'm sure for many of you. 
It's been crazy. The, the world's gone nuts, and I'm not going to even talk about it. The world's gone nuts. But Titus 1 says this in verse 2 and 3, In hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie promised time before time began, but as in due time manifested His Word through preaching. I've just been through an argument with somebody who said recently, uh, well, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I said, well, okay, sure. Uh, Theologically, that may be correct. But if you're really saved and wanted to lean into God, why wouldn't you want to be part of His body? And I will say this, you cannot be, in my opinion, a growing Christian who is manifesting the Word of God by reading the Bible at home and listening to somebody on TV or on your computer. It is about the Shema. It's about the presence. It's about the power. The preaching of the Word, it makes no sense to some, but God moves through it in powerful ways to shake us and shape us. He moves through His Word. His Word is powerful. His Word cannot lie. God can't lie. Every word He says is a sovereign decree of the King of the universe. He sent His Word and healed them. Listen, when He healed them coming out of Egypt, He sent His Word, Psalm says. Psalm 107 says, He sent His Word and healed all three million. And there was not one feeble among them, no matter what age group they were in. And coming out of Egypt, they all left. They might have had wheelchairs and, and, and crooked sticks when they were about to go. But when they went in that house, they got under the blood. They all came out walking. And they, they were able to go. They were able to go forward. Listen, the Word of God is life. It's life to your flesh. It's life to your soul. It's life to you. He sent His Word. I'm almost done. Others say, they believe the Bible to be the Word of God, but don't think it's relevant for today because of its ancient context. So we, so we don't have to look at that about dealing with issues of sexuality and things because it's, it's old-fashioned. No, it's 2,000 years old. The Word of God is alive. And if the pastors of 1987 didn't believe it to be the inerrant, inspired, infallible word that is actually able to, to shake and shape us in every aspect of our lives. No wonder we're in a mess. But in places like this, the word of God is honored. The word of God is esteemed. The word of God is believed and the word of God is received. We sing the word. The Bible says God exalted his word above his own name. His Word is sovereign. His Word has power. His Word has strength. His Word right now for you. Maybe you need healing in your body. His Word can heal you today. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your finances. His Word can bless you today. His Word gives seed to sowers and bread, for, bread to eaters. We believe the Bible to be true. As, as much now as it was 2,000 years ago. 66 books over 40 different authors, but one theme, salvation through Jesus Christ. The Bible even claims its own relevance. 2 Timothy 3.16 from the message says, every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us the truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. 
There's a whole lot of people in the room, and you spend a lot of time in the gym. And that's great. I love the gym. I, love, I work out six days a week. But the Bible says bodily exercise profits a little. But godliness is profitable in all things. Some of you, don't, you don't, you're not trained in the Word. In America right now, we have the most biblically illiterate generation in some of the coolest churches. They're cool, but they don't know the Bible. Oh, oh they, they, they got great music, but do they know the Word of, the, the word of God? If you're going by the feeling, by the emotion, the emotions come and go, my friend. You found your life on the rock. If the foundations are destroyed, what will the righteous do? Crumbs of truth still change the world. Think about it. God takes the little things of this world. He talks about, Jesus talked about seed, mustard seeds, one of those tiniest seeds, producing huge trees. There was a woman in the Old Testament, Elijah, this great prophet of God, has been fed by ravens, meat, supernaturally. Before there was takeout or delivery, they had, they had, he, had, he had these birds that were meat-eating birds bring him meat twice a day as long as he was at this brook, as long as he was right where God called him to be. And then one day God said, now you go into your next place, there's a widow woman who's going to sustain you. And I always kind of think that he thought, oh, this is great. A rich widow is going to take care of me now. Till he gets there and meets her and says, ma'am, what are you doing? She says, I'm about to make my last meal. And then we're going to die. That doesn't sound like sustaining to me. And then he has the audacity to say, favor, make me a cake from it first. Big guy like me, I like food. I, I work out six days a week, but mostly I do a forklift. <laughs> I like food. Here's this guy comes along. He's looking well fed, and she's going to eat her last meal. But he says, give it to me. Give me a little something. Why? Because crumbs change the world. Give me a crumb of what you have. And see what God will do. She didn't, she was not without cake for the for the rest of the three and a half year famine. She had it for the, then Elisha gets the double portion. He comes on the scene, he meets a widow woman, and she comes to blame him that her husband died, and now she's in debt, and the banker's gonna come repossess her sons. And Elisha says to her, Well, tell me, what do you have? What do you have? And her first statement, I have nothing. He said, what do you have in the house? I have nothing except a little jar of oil. Okay? Let me tell you what to do with it. Go get as many vessels as you can. Pour it out. You know the story. That one obedient step with something small, that crumb of, of truth, that crumb of promise, that crumb of faith gave her an oil business where she sold everything, paid her debts, and then lived comfortably off the rest. She had, a, she had more than enough from what she did by that one little thing. A widow's might. Jesus sees a woman give two pennies, stops the whole meeting, says, this woman gave more than you all. Why? Because she gave her crumbs, and they were the only crumbs she had. God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. The basic, 
basic things to bring down the mighty. There is a pearl of great price. Buried treasure, the Bible says about itself. More refined than just fine, more, more, even better than fine gold is what the Bible says about itself. The Word of God is a treasure. I found a scripture just yesterday in my devotions, Job 23, 12. I esteem the words of his mouth more than my necessary food, and he sustained me. Our sustenance at times is based on our own attitude toward the Bible, toward the Word of God, how we look at it, how we relate with it. What's your real attitude about the Word of God? Is the Bible just an optional thing? Do you have a whole bunch of them on your bookshelf, but you never read them? I, I love devotions. I love using the electronic version, but I also love going through my Bible. I love digging in. I love getting one thought like, what can God do through a crumb? And just dig into the Word. God honors crummy faith. <laughs> Little morsels of promise tenaciously embraced. It's time to go beyond perceived limitations. It's time to go beyond those moments where you feel like God isn't doing anything or listening to you or responding. Just grab a crumb. One verse. One thought. One word can change your life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your promises. And Lord, I pray for everyone in this place that you would give them personal revival. That that personal revival is their relationship with your word. That they would be excited when the, as, as the people in Ezra's day, that when they opened the Bible, they opened the word of God, the people stood and shouted and prayed because they were so excited to hear the word again. Lord, let the Bible come alive and continue to come alive for the next 25 years in this house. Lord, we, we want to honor you today and your leaders, but we want to honor your word. You have kept every promise that you have made to this pastor and his wife. You have kept every promise, but you're not done yet. Lord, we thank you that the best days are ahead, and it's not cliche but it's because your word is still ahead of us and there are more promises and more things yet to be fulfilled. Lord, for everyone in this house, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you'd give them. Lord, you said in your word that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Father, from me, from all of us, we say, Father, give us a new hunger and a new thirst. Give us deep desire for your word that it would shift and change us and empower us and help us to live for you. Thank you that we, no matter what shakes in this world, we live in an unshakable kingdom because of the word of God that will never change. And we honor you, Jesus. Living word. You're the living word. You're the living word. You are the Bible come to life. And we honor you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.
Thank you. So come on, let's give him a big God bless you. Just brilliant.